I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man! Right, lad, it's time to man up. Yeah. Come on. Take your boys to a little corner and teach them how to cry all I don't day. Think that's what What is masculinity? Hello and welcome to the Anti-Mask Podcast, where we make compassionate critiques of masculinity in the 21st century. I'm Stefan Harvey, and as per usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Alistair Ingalls. How are you doing, Alistair? Good, thank you very much. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Uh, just got back to London, back in the big smoke. How does that feel? Um... Not bad. Uh, I had to do a lot of tidying up. Mm. Um, went to shops. It's uh, it's. I, I don't know. I feel. I. I mean, it's nice being surrounded by people my own age again. Not stuck with my family. Not stuck with my uh, emotionally distressed dogs back at my family's house. Your um, dogs. Yeah. They're man. not. They're yeah. not coping with lockdown very well. Oh, they just don't cope with life. That's their problem. <laughs> yeah. Just a bag of nerves. Yeah, but, do you um, need to give them a lot of a lot of therapy? Yeah, a lot of petting. Aye. Um, uh, oh, funny that, actually. At um, work, we have just got a new client who sells pet products. And my client had to write a brand strategy for them. And it was a Chinese client, so English wasn't their first language, so it was totally forgivable. But they like wrote this like 40-page um, PowerPoint constantly using the word petting to revert to to refer to owning a pet the best bit is i proofread it and said yeah that's fine last time i heard the word petting was uh in like the local council swimming pool there used to be these signs of like what you couldn't do in the pool and it was like no dunking people no diving no petting and it was all these cartoon pictures of dolphins displaying what you shouldn't do but they were like humanized Aye. dolphins Ooh. so there was this picture of like two dolphins with their beaks Do the dolphins have beaks but you know what i mean uh, with I... their lips near each other with like <laughs> some love hearts like floating around and it was like no petting dolphin lips jesus hi cuz yeah so petting for me it was always like just Literally just touching a dog. I mean, like, just petting a dog. Like, I remember when I was wee and... Oh, oh yeah. I, I got that's to, totally like, got over my head, petting I, an animal. Yeah. But well, it's, not, it's not the practice of raising a pet. No, no. Because I remember when I was wee, I'd go around to, you know, like a, like a family member's house. And if they had a dog or something, I would be like, can I pet, can I pet the dog? Can I pet the wee doggy? Um... So that's what I thought petting was. And then, yeah, like you say, swimming pools have always got signs that's like no heavy petting. And no I'm heavy like, petting. Yeah, heavy petting, yeah. And I'm like, what's like What's that petting? like? Slapping someone instead of stroking them? <laughs> <laughs> Getting hot and heavy. I think yeah, it's like... Choking your partner in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, oh man, a little bit of BDSM. You've got like leather, you've got like leather swimming trunks. Just like dolphins swim- in gimp outfits. <laughs> Swimming around with a ball gag in. <laughs> Quality. I could totally envisage a dolphin with a ball gag in it. Yeah, it's a float. It's perfect. It's a float. It's a safety I, device. 
How do you think it would uh, affect their already bizarre noise that they make? Like, I can't do it, but if they're like, <laughs> but then they've got a ball gag in, they'll be like, <laughs> I can't. That was I... me with, with my fist in my mouth trying to do it all. <laughs> oh, funny there was video. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really good at the dolphin noise. <laughs> but I mean, that's the best I can do, and I wouldn't yeah. say it's great. Yeah. So you, um, didn't go for a cold water swim yesterday morning. No, no. I, I was thinking about. I was thinking about. Cause I like the 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 pain of a cold water swim because it's only right. for like a couple of minutes, right? It's not like you're yeah. you're there for like half an hour. You just literally get in, get freezing, and then you come out and you're just full of adrenaline, and mm. it's it's amazing. It's great. Uh, but it's too hungover, so. Put paid to Had that. too many sherbets the night before. Yeah, one too many shandies. One too many shandies. I was listening to Blind Boy podcast where he talks to Hosier the other week. Yeah. Um, and Hosier was talking about, uh, oh, he goes swimming in the sea. I think he lives on the coast in Ireland, but still just like open water swimming. And so Blind Boy runs about runs for about an hour every morning, or most, I think. And usually it's freezing cold and raining in... I think it's Limerick where he's from. Um, and uh, Hosier was like, see, that is just like constantly wet and miserable. Whereas when you get into a freezing cold body of water, obviously it's like a huge shock to the system, but you actually are inclined to stay in for as long as possible after that. Because once you get used to it, you know there's nothing worse than coming back out of cold water into cold air. Mm. Which is an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. There's something about once you're in, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is all right. This is this is no too bad. And then you can't feel your feet. <laughs> then your feet are just gone. Yeah, and um, it's really bad when you get you actually just get brain freeze if you like dunk your head under. Um, oh, that can actually just be just be painful, just pain. Remember um, that remember that sketch you wrote where you just called it cold brain. <laughs> cold brain. Oh, that's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um shall we get on with it? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get started. Let's do it. What is masculinity? So today we're going to talk about a very refined topic. Or what we want to make refined, we're going to talk about the much tabooed topic of masturbation. We're going to fap through several topics, um, squirt out a few hot takes, and maybe come to some kind of conclusion about changing their narrative around touching your bits. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for it. Um, So we are obviously doing a masculinity podcast, uh, essentially talking about people with penises and people who identify as men and the sort of narratives that go around their masturbation habits. And to talk about something quite particular at the beginning, when I was Googling stuff to find out about this topic, by far the most interesting thing that I found out and I'm still absolutely obsessed with it because I think it's so interesting and somewhat disturbing is that I found out that the Proud Boys 
the awful far-right movement in the US kind of decree that if you really want to be a true committed member of the Proud Boys, you have to practice abstinence from masturbating. Mm. And it's sort of like a commitment to the cause thing. And then there's also these quite like more particular niche directives around how and when you can break from abstaining from abstaining from uh, abstaining from masturbation yeah it's uh it's pretty wild um i like why um (laughs) it's just really funny i think i don't know because like (laughs) they're all about i guess like the proud boys you know they're all about like liberty and and you know being left alone to do to do what they want to do I thought, what? but but then but then there's this like decree that you shouldn't touch your bits. I don't know. I don't know if they are though. I think actually what it's showing is that they they kind of want to envisage themselves as like if they want to be a quote unquote successful horrible far right organization, then that requires a level of organization and sort of an ability could an ability to control your members. So the idea is that they're like not offering their bodies but not indulging in like what's seen as hedonistic practices to kind of like keep their heads clear so that they can make a better contribution to the movement basically because obviously organizations like this model themselves on the nazis and like the ss and other far-right organizations that have achieved a level of success for want of a better word and because of that, they're like, yeah, well, those guys had um, military precision. So maybe if we stop touching our dicks, then we can take over America. Mm, I guess it, it also kind of comes down to discipline, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's discipline of the self. Yeah, yeah. And that was, yeah, that's a big part of these organizations, Um is like kind of being strong and and a little bit, a bit of self-denial, a bit of denying yourself what you want in a personal level in order for the success of the, the group, the success of the, the mission, the movement, right? Yeah, and, yeah, um, completely. Yeah, because I, I do think, I think it's totally mad. Um, and it seems to me, that the opposition towards masturbating is is rooted in an opposition to individualism in general and and an opposition to seeing yourself as like a free agent in control of one's own world rather than being part of a community part of a group part of a movement or collective that you would sacrifice yourself for if that yeah. makes sense yeah, yeah. It's like your needs are not as great as the needs of the cause. So yeah, yeah. So stop. Yeah. So stop touching your bits. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's interesting. They they came up with this like technicality where because a lot of this is, I mean, maybe we just don't know enough about the Proud Boys and like. I would say that's true. Yeah, um, but. A lot of it is rooted in very like traditional gender and family norms as well. 
So I think tied in with it is partly the idea that like you shouldn't be wasting all your semen because when you get yourself a, a, a woman and run a nice good old fashioned households, you're going to be you're going to be needing to spread all that seeds to carry on the Uber race and shit like that. But then there's like a technicality where if you have a woman partner, you can masturbate within like six feet of her and that's deemed okay. So it's like there's sort of a voyeuristic element where you're appreciating your partner in order to pleasure yourself. In fairness to them, they do say it should be a consenting partner. Sorry, yes. I Yeah, I, I, that was implied. But well, yeah, specific, point. specifically, they say a woman with her consent. So yeah, yeah. Nay- so it's, it's interesting there where they're like they've got they've kind of got the consent chat right that it's like yeah we're, we're going to make sure everyone's on board with this but it's pretty exclusionary in terms of what what kind of couples can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if the if the point of not wanking is. I don't know if the Proud Boys' opposition to wanking is so that you shouldn't waste a drop. Um, and that it should all go towards, um, you know, proliferating, you know, you know, like, like, like the Catholics and, and yeah. need to make as many Catholics as possible. I don't know if it's that. Um, I think maybe part of it is um, this idea that if you're just sat home wanking, then you're not then you're just just shutting yourself off from society and you have to an extent failed socially um and that's there's this philosopher there's this conservative philosopher Roger Scruton who I think maybe died last year a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. he was he was this ah he's he's this old old english i think philosopher that that is often quoted by like um you know, conservative like think tanks and all this, all this stuff. And he he wrote a book in two thousand and nine on beauty, and and he said he said something about he said this about masturbation. He said, in sexual desire, there is always an element of intentionality that is not satisfied by the sexual act. It goes further towards a longing to be united with the other, and anyone who cuts the cord damages himself and the other and masturbation is a form of cutting the cord as is compulsive viewing of pornography everyone can see that it is morally damaging not only the narcissistic aspect but also the shutting off of yourself it destroys the possibility of having sex with another person so i think i think what he's getting at there is is that yeah by necessity if you're pleasuring yourself then you are not pleasuring somebody else or or you know you're not making a connection that 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 and those connections are just needed for like a a well-functioning society community that you're a part of right so i just went off on one there um i no, that's 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 an interesting point i think so i totally disagree with what you said (laughs) (laughs) um but i can kind of see Maybe not the reasons why he's saying that, because I always like suspect why someone who's like a self-proclaimed conservative would say something. They might just really just be like, I want to stop everyone from having fun in any way whatsoever. But 
I can see why. So what was the first thing? Uh, cutting off, cutting off yourself from the other. Yeah. And then compulsive pornography. I think both of those are things that like need to be deproblematized. If you see what I mean. So why cutting yourself and how? So if if we're like looking from a more like progressive perspective. Uh, something we'll get onto later is like there's so much narrative, particularly around uh, reframing masturbation for women or people with vaginas as really positively. Mm-hmm. People with a vulva really positively. And that's good. Oh, we'll get onto that later. But part of that whole movement is learning how to masturbate in a way that you like actually improves your communication in the bedroom with someone else. And on top of that, being like a cis man and being having all those sort of like assumptions based with his identity, as like I probably would to some extent too. Um, where am I going with this? That like men are not socialised to put the sexual needs of their partner first or on a level with their own anyway. So if we're brought up only really to think about our own sexual needs and largely not a woman partners, but I'm sure there are problems like this in non-hetero relationships for similar reasons too, then like, why does it matter whether we're masturbating or not out of like narcissism or not caring for another person because even when it does get to the act of doing something sexual with another person we haven't even been conditioned to consider their needs anyway so it's not masturbation that's the problem it's society man hmm see I don't know I can see where Roger Scruton is coming from here Um, okay like ah like there is this there is this image of just like a wee guy sat <laughs> sat in front of his computer just like tugging away furiously and there are people that are addicted to masturbating yeah yeah completely and you know this is so i can see that it contributes to like a closing yourself off from from the society I mean, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be vilified in the way that that he is vilifying it. Sure, but I, you know, there is that. It's easy to retreat into your to retreat into <laughs> yourself or onto yourself. Um, or in, yeah. Aye, um, I've, I've, I'm no stranger to that. Um, aye. Uh, Do you know what I mean? It's, it's easy. It's easy to to that can be like a comfort, and you know, it's good to like enjoy yourself right and to ex- explore yeah, but, that but also yeah. don't don't you think that's that masturbating is the symptom as opposed to the cause um symptom of what like being antisocial or it's like an escape because it's kind of like right let's get onto porn in a minute because that is a whole another kettle of fish kind of but say someone's addicted to masturbating and they're not watching porn all the time. They're just addicted to masturbating. Mm. And they're doing that as a form of escapism. 
like what is wrong with the masturbating in and of itself, much like drinking it. Okay. In the, in the, it's only damaging to themselves, really. I think drinking's a bad analogy to make, but I was thinking about that in the sense that like the immediate act of drinking uh, it does damage you more than masturbating, but I guess you can wank too. You can wank too much too, and then like mm. blood comes out or something. Mm. Mm. But the, but the point is that like I don't think there's like anything. If it's an act that involves one person, then the risk of another person having some kind of like violence imposed on them or being like emotionally damaged is like almost nil. I see. I see. Ob- yes. Ob- yeah. Obviously drinking, like if you're drinking in a room by yourself, you're not like in a space with someone else and you could get into an argument, then the only damage you're doing to yourself, the only damage you're doing is to yourself one, but also you're either drinking or wanking too much because of some exterior problem. Uh Uh-huh. And I think, I think what Roger Scruton is, I think what is kind of motivating his point is that you are yes you're damaging yourself perhaps but also by removing yourself from society then you are damaging society so i maybe don't i don't necessarily agree with him there but i think that's kind of where the distinction falls sure i just Um, i mean obviously he is just like writing about beauty and then things like desire and sex are coming into it but i just think if you're gonna make that argument then you should make it about video games, binge eating, like God knows what, because they're all just symptoms of some other underlying issue with an individual, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting onto porn, and then we can move on with that. I also think that like, what do you know anything more about what he says about pornography? No, I don't. Okay. I just think also like, yeah, going back to that image of like the sort of like, seedy guy like hunched over himself watching porn like that totally is a trope and I can see why it's a a trope that doesn't sit well with most people and I think that's right as and when people largely men largely straight men are watching porn that comes from questionable sources as in sources where maybe not all of the sex workers have are being like remunerated or even worse, Aye. don't have consent about that being Aye. posted on the internet. Um, a, a new, in, a new phrase that's come around recently instead of revenge porn um, to replace that is image or video based um, sexual assault or right. harassment. I can't remember, but yeah, basically displaying someone's body on platforms without their consent. But my point being that like, you know, this is why there's like so much positive narrative around early fans because people are taking agency and controlling who gets to see their feeds by Aye. a paywall and Aye. creating all their content completely on their own terms. And I get the impression that it's overwhelmingly women sex workers who are doing this. So then I honestly do not see any moral problem with subscribing to an OnlyFans page and masturbating to that because that's what it's there for. And you know that that sex worker is getting a direct income from you. Mm. Mm. 
I I think that's I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Um, yeah, totally. But of course, if you're on Pornhub, you just don't know where, like what what transactions and conversations have gone on before those videos have been uploaded. Aye. And you don't know who wants that on the internet and who doesn't. Yeah, you could say that OnlyFans is like the, um, it's like the kind of, like the kind of ethical veg shop to the to the supermarket. You know, it's the small yeah, the, scale. The, like, the Walmart is Pornhub. <laughs> aye, and, and the then, kind of uh, yeah. Oh, what the, are they the called? Dairy shops. Deli. I'm thinking like I'm thinking like a kind of local farm, like a little farm shop. It's the, the farmer's job. market. Yeah. <laughs> it's the farm- yeah, yeah. Oh, farmer's market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only fans is the oh, farmer's no, it is, market. It is like a farmer's market because they're all got their own stalls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. They're all all displaying their veg in their own little space. Yeah. Yeah, their homemade pork pie. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Oh, um, I went, I went, I've, I've been veggie for about three weeks now, but um, I went into the corner shop near my family home the other day and this it's a, it's a Nisa but they sell pork pies from the local farm shop and they're oh. honestly fucking they're fucking divine and I went in for the first time having given up meat and I was just like I'm gonna have to like get in touch with the farm shop and see if that pastry can be filled with something that's not meat or somehow because it's it's the pastry man mm. Mm. Um, oh, that's yeah, such a yeah. good analogy. Right, yeah. only fans is a farmer's market. You heard it here first. That's the hot take. Um, uh, um, so I want to get on to the whole like narratives around self-care and stuff that I touched on a bit before. But before that, more linked to the whole Proud Boys thing is I have a lot of interest in China I've lived there for about three years in total, speak the language, and I'm always keeping up to date with it, also through work. And when I was Googling all this, I read an article and found out that there is also an abstinence movement in China. Mm. Um, As far as I can tell, it's not to do with a far-right organization, or it might be far-left. It would still be nationalist, though. Uh, mm. It's nothing to do with some kind of fringe organization, but I think it's got a lot in common with with what you were saying about the Proud Boys maybe wanting to avoid a sense of failure. And I think it's something that a lot of men, we spoke about it a lot in the last episode with political leaders and why people vote for Trump and so on. This idea of aggrieved entitlement, that you are entitled to something as a man, straight man, white man, depending on what society you're in. Yeah. And that as equality in some ways improves you feel like things are getting taken away from you but really it's generally just a neoliberal economy where opportunities are just few and far and rich people have more money so middle to lower people have less but for that exact same reason a lot of young men in china are blaming their perceived failures be it social and economic on the fact that they're wanking too much and wow. there's, yeah, there are a lot of forums on the internet that are inspired by abstinence from masturbating. And so the two best unis in, uh, in China are called Peking Uni or Beida, Beijing University and Tsinghua. 
and they're like the Oxbridge of China. And there was one comment by one guy who was a student and he said, oh, I'd totally be studying at Tsinghua or Beida now if I hadn't spent all of high school just fapping. And it's this sort of like perceived sense that this hedonism and self-interest again contributes to failure because it like corrupts your mind kind of. Um, it's wow. also something... I mean, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna make a distinction like it's a particularly Chinese thing, but actually, I'm gonna question that. In China, definitely, the Communist Party is a lot more conservative about sex on the whole, and on top of that, the party themselves would probably peddle these kinds of ideas too that masturbating isn't isn't good for your work ethic and your spirit and stuff like that. It's morally corrupting. Wow. But like, actually isn't a lot of the reason masturbations are taboo in the West and almost any society down to similar reasons. Like we we mentioned it briefly that the Catholic church have always had a problem with it. So that's one huge religion that's always demonized touching your bits. Um, so just cause it doesn't come from a political entity doesn't mean that demonization of masturbation doesn't exist in a culture. Yeah. Oh man, oh these poor lads, these poor lads, like that f- feel Th- thinking guilty. they can't wank. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, exactly, and and I, and you know, because like I think a lot of the reason men veer to the far right in the West is that they rightly feel like things are being taken away from them, but they're blaming the wrong people i.e. like gender and racial minorities when really it's other richer or more powerful white men taking it away from them. And it's a pretty similar thing in China in the sense that like the pace of economic development's been so quick that all of a sudden like the very privileged position of being a man isn't what it used to be. But there's also so much more wealth in China compared to ever in its history and they feel like they're missing out on it. They feel like they're missing out on it because... They've been in their rooms wanking. That's yeah, but would they? Would they be reaping the rewards if they did go out and not wank? Probably not. That's the thing. That's that's why the competition's so fierce. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, oh man. Wow. So interesting insight to attitudes to wanking in another culture. There. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That was interesting. Um, The. Yes, that seems that does seem like kind. What am I trying to say here? That seems like just a really dated attitude that existed in the West. Maybe like I don't know it before I was born. Um, do you know what I mean? It seems like a kind of like dated, kind of Victorian almost sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you were saying about. Um, the kind of history of the taboo in the West. Um, what So it's in this, this, it gets mentioned in this book on masturbating called With the Hand, uh, which I think was like written in 2012 or something. And um, that author, I can't remember who it's written by. It's a Dutch guy, isn't it? It's a Dutch guy. That's all we've got. It's by a Dutch guy. Aye. It'll be in the show notes. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, he he says that basically in the 1600s, there was this surgeon, this London surgeon, whose 
basically responsible for the origin of the taboo around masturbating. So that's one okay. other thing that that's one other shit thing that London has given us. Um, <sighs> and um, so, so he's, he was basically just this like charlatan guy who wrote this this book on it was like sensationalist scaremongering, like these are all the bad things that are, will happen if you masturbate. Right. But I can sell you some drugs that'll stop you masturbating and then you won't oh. get sick. So that's basically oh. where it came from. And it became, it was, it was like a really, it was really widely sold book and the information was disseminated like across the country. And it just became, that's kind of the origin. That's where the origin of the taboo has been tracked to. It's been this guy. That's amazing. Also it feels like the origins of Big Pharma as well. Yeah. Like creating a problem and then selling a drug to, I mean, yeah. Mm. That's fascinating. So it's just a bit of a profit-interested propaganda, basically. Yeah, and it just just caught on. It's just caught on. That's it. Um, So it's it's well annoying, though. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking book. Swine. That absolute swine. You know, just like Um, annoying books that really hold people back, like the Bible and Jordan Peterson. God. (laughs) Uh, He's basically like like an anti-vaxxer. He's just like spreading this 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 um nonsense just to like whip up hysteria and sell stuff do you think anti-vaxxers are profiting from their myth peddling somehow that's something to look into uh well i mean yeah i think so i think so well i mean like because they sell like alternative medicine right and oh yeah yeah yeah. you know some people some people actually like believe that and 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 it's not necessarily for financial gain. And then there are other people who, who are, are really like... Um, yeah. Yeah, the vaccine don't work. Buy my crystals. Aye. Aye. <laughs> exactly. Some people uh, really believe in the crystals and some people are like, mate, if I can shift some of these crystals, <laughs> then we're sorted. Um, so next thing I wanted to get onto was how women, people with vulvas talk about their masturbation practices particularly in recent years in light of developments with feminism and it's a really great narrative and highly liberating and i think it'll improve swathes of society's experiences in the bedroom because as i was saying earlier i think that men are conditioned to only think about their own sexual interests and that on the other side of that, women are conditioned to put men's first and not even explore their own. And I think that's what the majority of this newer discourse about vulva-based masturbation is focused on. It's helping those people find out what they want for their own benefit, but also for partners' benefits, because they can be like, mm, this isn't going to do it for me. Can we try this instead? And, you know, it'll really improve conversation in bedrooms and that can only be a good thing because consent consent's one thing just knowing what the other person wants through communication is something that's incredibly important as well but what i think's really interesting is how now i don't want to say like men and women or people with penises and vulvas have come from the same place because they absolutely haven't the whole point is that the the women's discussions around masturbating are 
so much more liberating because they've come from a place of sexual oppression. But I think masturbation is has been a taboo across the board ever since that darn book in the 1600s. <laughs> um, and because of that, whether you're in a place of privilege or not because of your body, you still are not being told it's okay to love yourself. And that I think that conversation around men or people with penises, the fact that it's lacking is understandable, but I think things can be borrowed from the women's movement without hijacking it, without appropriating it, that can teach men to be basically be more compassionate to themselves. What do you think? Aye, yeah, and try and turn, try and move away from the, that trope of the guy um, in front of a screen hunched over, tugging away. And yeah. like, have it as some kind of almost like, you know, sensual act, maybe like light some candles, you know? Yeah. Put some petals down, put some, get, run a bath, you know? Exactly, yeah. Put on some music. Because um, this is what so many feminists are talking about and it's so great that they are. And as long as men have these conversations in and amongst themselves so they're not like hijacking that discourse yeah in parallel women exactly in parallel and then they meet in a divine unison in the bedroom (laughs) at some point when they've all gone away and done their wanking homework yeah about self-care um yeah i think particularly like part of it is how intuitive the biology is if you're born with a dick that like well yeah because you have to you have to come into direct contact every time you do a yeah, pee you know because this was mentioned in that masturbation book how like if you're born with a vulva then like it kind of takes more effort to see what's going on down there yeah you kind of need to do like active research in a way that exactly, you don't yeah. if you've got a penis exactly you just you just you just touch it and you just rub it and then you, you, you're off <laughs> in every sense of the word yeah. yeah um but i think a lot of people maybe think that's the limit of it and mm. like i'm not here to give personal tips i want to talk more about the the, the social and political structures around jacking off but like you don't just have to jack off if you know what i mean like, I, I want to I want to appeal to all men to go out there and just do a bit of Googling or whatever to see what else can help you get off based on whatever body you have. Because you never know. Might be some nip- nipple clamps. Mm. Might be some wax whilst you're rubbing your bum bum. You never know. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't Aye. mean wax on your bum. I mean, like, hot, you know, maybe hot wax. C- and candle then, wax. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. No, I think it's. I do think it's. It's. It's interesting. This, the positive, feminist narrative, compared to like the kind of sordid male one, um, and like because it's good because I see like I see like loads of women on Twitter like publicly like making jokes about like their vibrators being found by people and like it's it's like spoken about in like a more open way than you. Ne- I've never seen a guy on Twitter be like, lol, my mum my mum found my fleshlight, haha. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you just never see that. Um and you know Yeah, and there'd be huge there'd be 
I think there's an unfair shame associated with it, but more forgivable, like, ugh, because men's sexual practices generally... I think what people often claim to be, like, creepy or seedy, they actually just mean, like, problematic, if you know what I mean. And, like, maybe they are the same thing in the sense that, like, being the creep is the, the problematic thing. But I feel like men then have a responsibility to, like, challenge the creepiness but then also have a total right to overcome any of the shame yeah 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 definitely we can be better cool i think we're coming slightly to the end here don't, i've got I don't have too much more to say but go on well it's yeah when you're talking about flashlights or or sex toys for men um see when i was see when i was 21 right, when i was still a student I had to share a bunk bed with someone for eight months, right? right? And and um, my roommate that had, he was this Japanese fella, and his English was really not great. So when 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 we first moved in, I was like, oh my god, communication is is not easy here. Um, but you know, we ended like we ended up kind of kind of developing our own sort of special way of communicating our own language and then we picked up on like the non-verbal cues and stuff and it was really beautiful we had our own kind of way of of communicating it was really nice yeah and um he went home for christmas he went back to japan for christmas Mm -hmm. and he was like uh i'm not going to do his accent he was like look mate uh do you want do you want me to bring you back a flashlight because because We've got some great toys back in Japan. I'm probably going to get myself a couple. I'm probably going to bring a couple back. Do you want me to bring you one back? And I was like, what a, what a, what a strange culture. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this is great. I was like, wow, yeah. no one's ever asked me that. I don't think anyone's going to ask me that again. That is great. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If nothing else, right, it'll just be another shared experience we can use as a common reference point for like to improve our own communication with each other. It's just another thing that we can like talk about, you know? And I was like, fucking, aye, go on then. Aye. I bring <laughs> so this one back. I asked him to get you a flashpoint as a talking point. <laughs> Flashlight. <laughs> well, I was like, well, go on then. Aye. Aye. Well, obviously yeah, yeah. I still wanted to like see how it felt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And look, if it's just me and him in this room, right. And, He's like fleshlights are great. Communicated about it. Yeah. We, it's all we're not going to do it at the same time, but I mean, like, yeah, there's no shame in that space. In that space, in our little home, there's no shame, right? And so, so he comes back from from Christmas, and um, he didn't bring me it. He didn't bring any. There was no oh. room in his suitcase. I was absolutely oh. gutted. But like, but I mean. If there's no room in your suitcase, then I suppose the flashlight is the first thing you deprioritize, you know? It's not, yeah. like, it's not like, do I really need this towel? Do I really need a <laughs> towel for the next four months? <laughs> I'll just I'll just drip dry. I'll just drip dry. <laughs> Whilst I'm <laughs> wanking with my flashlight. I'll just shake myself dry. Oh, uh, that's, that's so interesting because I, I shared a dorm room. Um, you would, it's interesting that we both shared dorm rooms after undergrad degrees in different countries. Um, Mm. Because I, I mean, it's just not a thing in the UK, that's why. But I shared one for a year with two different people across an academic year, actually, 
in Shanghai when I was 23 to 24. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now that I think about it, just like, I mean, so we had a, we had an ensuite between two of us, but it wasn't very, like there's still like a vent grill through the bottom of the door and stuff like that. And you had to be super silent. And I was very like sneakily going into the bathroom and maybe watching something through earphones on my phone or just not watching anything, but yeah, wanking mm. on the loo mm-hmm. and having to be so quiet if someone was like coming in and out of the room or whatever. Oh, and now that I think about it, like it just would have caused me a lot less stress if I'd just been like, do you know what? I'm going into the bathroom and I'm having a wank. Mm. And certainly with the second roommate, he became a friend for life and was my best friend on my master's for the next year and a half that I was in Shanghai. And and he's a very sort of like liberal artsy, like he's an Indian guy that's like worked with sex workers through a charity and stuff like that. He doesn't give a shit. I should have uh, been like, hey, I'm going to go and fap for however long it takes. Mm. And he would have been fine with it. I might yeah. even reach out to him today and just be like, you know, when we were living together, we should have just told each other when we were wanking. Yeah. He fucking, he went into the, he had to wake up every morning, go into the bathroom, smoke a cigarette in the bathroom, which was against dormitory rules. I think I might mm-hmm. not have been actually, uh, just so he could make himself have a poo. And Whoa. like, if he needed to do that every morning in a way that, it wasn't being kept secret from me. Why couldn't we just go in, lock the door and, you know, turn on the extractor fan. So covered a bit of noise and just have a fap. Yeah. Why not? You know, live and let live. Fap live and let and fap. Let live. Fap and let fap. <laughs> um, aye. Here, I've, uh, I've got a wee quiz for you. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's round off with the quiz. Do I do a wee quiz? Um, yeah. It's called wank or no wank. And, there's, there's, I've got five little phrases here, um, okay. some of which are like standard euphemisms for wanking, and some are ones that I've made up, right? Right. So if you think it's one that's standard, then that's just say wank, and if you think it's one that I've made up, say no wank, right? Okay. Um, when I say like standard euphemisms, I basically mean I've read them once on the internet. and like, Yeah, someone else has said it at some point in time. Someday, exactly. Yeah. Right. You ready? Right. Yeah. Number one. Wank or no wank? Staff meeting. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I feel like everything it implies, both (laughs) if you were going to use that as an excuse in the workplace and the fact that (laughs) masturbation is not a meeting of more than one person at all, I'm going to go for no wank. No, it's wank. That's wank. Oh. That's wank. Yeah. Oh. I think it's really funny. It's a, and it's one. a good one. It's yeah. a good one. Just got to go for a staff meeting. <laughs> That's would, you hold my, would you hold my calls, please? We've got a staff meeting. <laughs> um, I'm, putting my, I'm putting my laptop on mute. I'm going for a staff meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number two. Wank or no wank? Flute solo. Wank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. straight away. <laughs> straight off the bat. <laughs> okay, wasted no time there. Um, number three, wank or no wank? Professor Plum in the bedroom with his candlestick. <laughs> uh, no wank. That's no wank. That's oh, no wank. 
Thank God for that. That's from my brain. <laughs> Your dirty plum brain. <laughs> um, I was going to do Professor Plum in the bedroom with his lead pipe. That would also work. Um, yeah. You know, because they're you po- be I mean, putting lead on. You shouldn't be putting lead on your lips, though, should you? No, but he's not like sucking on it. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Plum in his bedroom sucking on his lead. <laughs> I mean, look, man, it's that's not what happens in Cluedo, you know. <laughs> it's not what happens in a staff meeting. Yeah. All right, number four. Here we go. Wank or no wank? Hand to gland combat. Wank. That's wank. You've yeah. got it. <laughs> That's my favourite. Like combat. That's good. Yeah. I like right. that. Final one, number five. Wank and a wank. Michael McIntyre's big night in. Ooh, no wank. No wank. Yes. Oh, nice one. You've, you've smashed that. You got four out of five there. Four out of five. Yeah. Oh, that's a good hit rate. Yeah. Cheers for that. That was enjoyable. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, Michael yeah. McIntyre's big night in. Isn't it Ant and Dex? Oh, no, that's Saturday Night Takeaway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going for Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway. Uh, Ant and Dick. Anyway. <laughs> I see it. So I wanted to just, I mean, we're kind of coming to the end, right? But I just yeah. wanted to, like, we haven't spoken yet about all the myths around wanking, all the funny myths. Oh, okay. Like, I haven't done much looking up on this, but if you've got any to share, feel free. Aye, the one that um, masturbating would turn you blind. Yeah. That's a classic Do you one. know where that came from? I've got no idea. I really don't know. <laughs> but I just think they're funny. And the one about hairy palms as well. <laughs> gives you hairy palms? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the friction gives you hairy palms. Yeah, do you know what I could have done with hairy palms last night? <laughs> because I got out of the bath. <laughs> I got out of the bath and then immediately tried to roll a cigarette. And my, my, my fingers, the padding on my fingers were just so soft that it wouldn't like catch the, the rolling paper to like get a decent grip on it. And I think if I had had, had like hairy fingers on the mm. insides, it would have created a bit of friction, like you say. That's minging. <laughs> I don't want hairy palms. I just strictly want hair on the padding of my fingers. That's even, that might be worse. Oh, but then they'd, they'd all get pulled out when I start playing guitar. That's true. Aye, that's true. Yeah. Um, the one about impotence as well. I can see. So a blindness in hairy palms, it just seems like, I don't just know absurd. why anyone would believe yeah. that in the first place. But the ones there's ones about like impotence and like erectile dysfunction um, that I could maybe get, but nah. Um, nah. And there's one, what about penis shrinkage? It makes your penis smaller if you wank. Oh man, these are so, these it are so absolutely pernicious. Doesn't, it absolutely, when you start wanking, if you're doing it right, it definitely makes it bigger. <laughs> so these, these are, I, these are like, the thing about these, some of these is that they're so like potentially could be true. That's why they're so like harmful. Yeah. Um, And it makes your, oh yeah. What about the one, Um, it makes, it makes your penis Curve makes it bendy. Oh yeah, I've, yeah, I've read about that one. I, d- I mean, within reason. I don't know if that's a bad thing, and I think some people do have a slightly bendy penis. I think a lot of people have a have a bent a bendy penis, but well, I don't just think harsh. there's a connection with with it being curved. So that's like a double. That's a double bad one because it's like n- not only is it not true about wanking, but it also like 
is a bit, it shames people that do have a yeah. bent cock, which yeah. is quite a lot of folk, you know? Yeah. Um, well then. I, uh, well, you know, equally, I might have to do some researching, but like, it's so insignificant that no one would ever notice except for me, basically. But mine, when I've pitched a tent, is like slightly leaning to the right, just like ever so slightly. Uh-huh. And, and I'm left-handed. So I'm like, has has that like grown to lean slightly to the right? Because uh-huh. I've been doing it with my left hand all my life. Mm. And it could be, and it's nothing extreme, so it doesn't really matter. But I also feel like, am I just convinced, not convinced, but am I just questioning that's the case because so many other myths around masturbating are peddled? Hmm. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Um, just and just finally, uh, during my research, uh, I found a website called masturbateforpeace dot com, uh, okay. which was I think set up in response to the uh, Bush and Blair Iraq War, right? Um, and there is a, a poem section. People have written poems um, about masturbating for peace. Uh, there's one haiku here written by Bard, who was is from New York. And it's a beautiful little haiku. It goes like this. Not even stayed by my carpal tunnel syndrome, I still stroke for peace. That's that's beautiful. Isn't it? Is that a haiku? That's a haiku. Oh. 575. Oh. I still stroke for peace. Good for you, Bard. Good for you, Bard. Spoken like a true Bard. Yeah. Quality. Well, that's really wholesome. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good note to end on. Yeah. So quite, peace. Yeah. Quite recently watched, um, I think it's Official Secrets with Keira Knightley in, and she plays this um, intelligence services agent who was a whistleblower on basically like mm-hmm. strong-arming the UN Security Council into... Um, consenting to the Iraq war. So she was a British civil servant and she was actually, a, um, worked in Chinese intelligence, but this whole email was sent around the intelligence services explaining how they're basically going to like play the system so that invading Iraq would be legal. Mm. So, um, we, we were quite young at the time, didn't really understand the political insignificance. I remember watching the bombing and being like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't explain why, mm. but, um, yeah. So I think my my parting shot would be that so much discourse around masturbating for women comes from a place of them being denied any sexuality in the first place historically. And that's why their conversations and that whole movement is so great. Whereas men have always been allowed to put their own sexual interests first above anyone else and other genders in particular. But that doesn't mean that we can't like reframe the way we think about our own enjoyment with ourselves. You just need to question whether what you're enjoying hurts someone else. For example, like porn uploaded to the internet against someone's will, the content of the porn. Listen back to our episode on desire and questioning what you're into for a bit more insight into that. Um, But also like, yeah, just 
just taking a bit more care of yourself. Don't just feel like coming is the end goal and doing whatever you need to do to get there. Think about the process. Think about the process. Seconded. Yeah, I don't cool. disagree with any of that. That's great. Otherwise, we'd be having a huge argument and we'd have to stop recording in a big huff. But uh, yeah, just people with willies, be kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have a staff meeting. <laughs> yeah, guys. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Anti-Mask Podcast, where we make compassionate critiques of masculinities in the 21st century. Uh, I've been Stefan Harvey, and with me is Alistair Ingalls, and we're going to head off for a staff meeting now. Bye-bye. What is masculinity? Wait, before you move on, I'm just going to have a wee cough, and we can just cut this bit out. Okay. <coughs> <coughs> Can we put that at the beginning? <laughs>